Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. And I was like, dude, let's just do this. Like, do you want to own a restaurant? Like, let's open a restaurant together. The, it was just the media, the energy, like the smile from him. I was used to be the pickiest eater, and I thought that that was so weird. And then I tried it one day, and I was like, this is amazing. It's freaking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And so then I took it and kind of like toyed with it and kind of added a mayo and just doing different things with it. And then that's how that the breakfast sandwich kind of came into place. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, confession time. I know looking at screens right before bed is no good for sleep, but there are many nights I find myself on Instagram lighting up my side of the bed and my appetite too. That's because, confession number two, most of my feed is terrible for rest because the algorithm gives me food. Confession three, I kind of like the torture. So Instagram's how I got hip to St. Louis's new late night dining spot up late. And since I need to become hip enough to get out there, when it's open 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. Thursday through Sunday, I figured I'd get the story on how Uplate came to be. And here to unwrap that are the two folks behind this new joint, Nathan Wright, who is front of house manager for Strange Donuts and co-founder of Uplate. Welcome. And Jason Bachman, who is the owner of Strange Donuts and a partner on Uplate. Thanks for being here uh, early-ish today. Good morning. Yeah, all good. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so how did Uplate come to be? So the, the idea, where were the two of you when the idea for Uplate came up? So when we were, like, we were in the kitchen making donuts, and we, I've always wanted to own my own business, and... I've been in the industry for several years, and even when I was working in the basketball industry, like I would, we would get home from out of town, like games, really late and early in the morning, and we we're always trying to find something to eat. And then, especially during COVID, kind of all of that late night food kind of went away. And so we were in the kitchen, and Jason asked me, he's like, you want to own something, right? And I was like, yeah. And I had been bringing food in to work all the time when we would work in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why don't we just open a late night restaurant? Because you can't find anything late at night. And he's like, why don't we just do it ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing to eat. So let's just do it ourselves because we can. Right. So Jason, how long yeah. before you brought this up with him had you been thinking about this? For a while, I mean, I've been thinking, I've been making breakfast sandwiches. That's like, I don't know, for a long time. I like, like, I can, what I do, I try to time myself. I make a breakfast sandwich and I have it all cleaned up before the breakfast sandwich is ready to be eaten. So I can do it in like two, three minutes. Okay. Right? And I was like, man, these things are so good. And then like Nate, he's just a good dude and I trust him. And like you meet people immediately. You're like, oh, I would, I want to do something with this guy. Uh-huh. And the, um, so a, a few years, but then we talked about some stuff back and forth. And Nate was like, I would always tell people, I'm like, man, I don't have enough room for Nate to grow. Like this, this dude is uh, has a lot of potential and just gets stuff done. And then yeah, it was probably six months ago where I was like, uh, we were in the kitchen. It was just he and I working, 
And I was like, dude, let's just do this. Like, do you want to own a restaurant? Like, let's open a restaurant together. And he was like, yeah. And like the, it was just immediate, the energy, like the smile from him. And then I was like, we need to do, so I know how to open businesses, right? Nate makes awesome food. And I was like, you just make awesome food and I'll show you how to do this. I was like, these are the, the five things that need to happen right now. And then like the next day they were done. And oh, when geez. that happens, like a lot of people like to talk about stuff. Right, you know right. I mean? But there's no action. And the next day when he came back with all these things done, I was like, oh, hell yeah, like this is going to happen. Right, right. So it was probably six months from like us talking about it uh-huh. to serving our first taco or so. And yeah. were, was, were tacos what you were bringing in to to share? Or? No, I I had always been bringing in uh, – I would bring in the meat for the tacos, but I would have never make the tacos. But I would always – I would bring in – sandwiches he would bring in sandwiches and he would put jelly and hot sauce on them and at first i thought that was the weirdest thing. i was used to be the pickiest eater and i thought that that was so weird and then i tried it one day i was like this is amazing it's freaking brilliant <laughs> yeah and so then i took it and kind of like toyed with it and kind of added a mayo and just doing different things with it and then that's how that the breakfast sandwich kind of came into place mm-hmm. but yeah so you're working at Strange Donuts, but you're also in graduate school? Yeah, so I was in grad school when I first started. So I was working with the basketball team for SLU, and then I left the basketball team, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do after that, and I still had a year left in grad school, and I had this, you know, my final assignment. And so I ended up just talking to Jason at some event and at, you know asking for a job. And I came in and I got a job and I just started working at the front of the house and still had no idea really what I wanted to do. But I just, I knew Jason, he was someone to learn from and I could tell that he had great energy and it was just great to be around. And it's not every day you go work at a business and you work side by side with the owner. Right, right. And so just learning from him every day, just how to run a business, how to adapt, how to just figure things out. And um, that's, you know, just picking up those tools from him and just trying to piece those together. And I knew I could do something with him. I just didn't know in what capacity. Mm -hmm. And so just learning from him every day was just a great opportunity. And you know, just waiting till we could figure out what we could do together. And what was it specifically, Jason, that you saw in him? Because you've worked with a lot of people mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah, yeah. What's, what is Nate's special sauce? <clears throat> um, late sauce. Late no, sauce. But the, no, the, um, <laughs> so like I said, I mean, there's some people that, there's a lot of people that talk about stuff. I had hot dog stands, right, in the Loop and South Grand, Dogtown. I had them all over the place. And it would probably be 10, 15 times a night somebody would like be drunk and bark at me like, this was my idea. And I'm like, yeah, ideas aren't like, you know, uh, they're everywhere, but like taking some action on stuff. But that's it, like, so Nate started working, um, he just reminded me a lot of myself in so many ways, like in so many ways. And um, personal, professional, like just his attitude. I mean, he can be like a little gruff, right? And I like like it, but um, his willingness to learn and um, I think something that most people need or can benefit from, but few people do, is um, move outside of their comfort zone. And maybe you don't know how to do something, but you just, you're willing to screw it up, right? And I think that that's Nate. And there was like a bunch of stuff that was screwed up, but um, that's it. I mean, just yeah. him being willing, 
right? Willingness is indispensable. Like if you're wanting to do something, that's it. Like uh, try. Yeah. I, yeah. So you have the, the business acumen mm -hmm. and the experience. And there's also a location. So you're operating out of World's Fair right. Donuts. Um, is there something about that location in particular that made you feel like this is where we need to? Oh, for sure. Okay. Tell so, me about that. No. So we bought three years ago, I bought um, World's Fair Donuts, right? The people were kind of aging out and they asked me, you know, if, if I was, if I'd be willing to take it over and what I would change. And I'd say, I wouldn't change anything. You know, there, there's nothing that needs to be changed. This is like our local history. This is our fabric, this building. I don't want it to be turned into like a boost mobile, right? Like okay. that's what it was going to be. Sure. And I was like, this is, it'd be, I'd spit on the ground. I'd, I would be, <laughs> I, I still think about what could have happened. Yeah. And I'm like, it upsets me. Anyways, I opened that, we took that over. And um, there's one section of the building that's World's Fair Donuts. And like some people think that we're like closing World's Fair Donuts. And a lot of people don't even know that like I've, if you've eaten at World's Fair in the past like three years, like I made those donuts. Jason mm -hmm. Bachman made those donuts. Okay, right. We didn't change anything, right? The only thing we changed was the coffee. But I would be there like I did most of the construction work in there myself and um, with the help from, from other people. But I'd be there three, four in the morning. I just don't sleep a lot. I'd be there three, four in the morning and every night I would like just stand and I'd be like, wow, I can't believe I own this building. But I'd be looking out at the intersection and there'd be like 12 cars at every rotation, right? Mm. And I'm like, it does not matter what time of the night it is, this intersection is bumping. And I'm like, I'll end up doing something here. Three years ago, I thought about it. I was like, I could make breakfast sandwiches. There's like a separate part of the building that was used as a warehouse. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I talked to a few people um, about having a concept there. And all these people, not to like disparage them, would not do the work, right? And then, um, so I think location is awesome. I think it's right by the highway, you know? So if you live in South City, you know, Hampton, Kings Highway, Vandeventer is basically how you get to most places. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was like, this would be an awesome location. I'm already familiar. I own the building so I can like charge whatever rents or not that I want. And um, kind of we have our own destiny. So that's it. Yeah. I do think at some point, I was always like, man, this location could be and needs to be a 24-hour spot. Mm -hmm. And so um, it just kind of fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So doing something like this takes commitment, obviously, and that is there. It also has to be shown in the food. Like, it's it's got to be good. And as I had said in the open, I was looking at <laughs> the food that you were uh, serving and I want to eat it all. I mean, even the blackberry jam, I had a, a miscommunication with you through DM. I thought it was sending it to our producer, <laughs> Maya <laughs> Norfleet. Um, I'm allergic to blackberries, but I will eat that sandwich with, it's worth with the jam and the, uh, give me the hot sauce too, right? So how did you decide on the menu items that you currently have? But no, Nate initially was like, we're going to do sliders, we're going to do all this stuff. I'm like, dog, like, we need to be simple and do extremely well at these couple things, right? And, like, be fast, efficient, and have them be just extraordinary, you know? And um, that was it. I was like, let's keep it very simple to begin with, and then we can add. But it's hard to, to, to be good at a lot of different things. And I think people mess up doing that. Like, oh, we need to hit all these people. Like, no, we need to have, like, a golden bullet, you know what I mean? Like one thing that is awesome. Who doesn't like a breakfast sandwich and tacos yeah. and beer and donuts? Like that's what we're gonna do. 
but uh, I do. Th- I live right by Wright's Tavern in Clayton. Two weeks before they opened, they would be they had people in there like a full dining room, and they were just like rehearsing what they do. And I was like, Nate, that's what we need to do. So mm-hmm. Nate, like two weeks before, like have friends up there, have people that aren't friends, just like DM people, like, hey, come up and eat this food, like just complete strangers, and um, and like so trying to get it right. And there was a lot of adjustments. Nate can talk about that, but like yeah. there was a lot of adjustments with the food right before we opened. What did you have to adjust, Nate? So the late sauce, kind of we tweaked that and because it just, it was lacking flavor initially. And so I just scrapped what I had been putting in it and changed the ingredients on that. The way we were doing eggs, at first we were doing them over medium and, you know, cooking an over medium egg is just hard in itself. Right. And it's messy. And so you think about people coming at 2 a.m., they're drunk already i don't think they want to eat you know they're going to have jelly and hot sauce and egg all over their hands or they're you know driving and so we tweaked that just the way we did um just wrapping everything in packaging there's yeah just everything each night that we i would have people over and eat i would take notes and just figure out what we needed to change or what could be adjusted to make things easier on us to get the food out quicker and just just a general consistent product and overall. We're speaking with Nathan Wright, front of house manager for Strange Donuts and co-owner and operator of Uplate STL, and Jason Bachman, owner of Strange Donuts and also co-owner and operator of Uplate STL. So how much do these items cost? So there are carne asada tacos, Mm -hmm. and you make the sauce the salsa, mm-hmm. right, in-house. And then is it two breakfast sandwiches, just one? Good. Two, so it's a sausage, egg, and cheese, and then there's a bacon, egg, and cheese. And the, the sausage, egg, and cheese is 10. That's I have someone that works with us. He grinds the meat himself, seasons it, and then I patty it. So that one's 10. And then the bacon, egg, and cheese is 9. Mm-hmm. And then the carne asada taco is $4. So the prices are comparable then to what you might get at a, a food truck, mm-hmm. um, and actually better. Yeah, we don't. We're not trying to bust heads. Like we're hoping like that. There's volume that mm-hmm. we don't need to like, you know, rob jack people and exactly. <laughs> like jack prices yeah. up. Because man, sometimes it does. I'm like, man, everything is so expensive right now. I do think we picked an interesting time. You know what I mean? To like. Uh, open a restaurant that relies pretty heavily on eggs. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we rob your hen house, like, you know, don't blame <laughs> us. We'll pay you back. But Well, one of the things that had come up when we were discussing this segment is that, um, you know, when people are inebriated, they are willing to pay a premium for even not very good food. So it sounds like what you are supplying is very well worth the the price um, especially if ev- so much of it is being made in house, like the other, what are the other options people have right now? Move out of the out of the city, right? Like I'll think when I'll be up late, like eleven. There's press is good, right? They're they're open pretty late. I can't remember. Um, courtesy diner. There's there's not a lot of options. I hope there are more. You know. So what has the response been? So you are you're cooking, Nate, mm-hmm. and. You are cooking as well, making those sandwiches at, at lightning speed. For sure, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'll do it. I'll do anything. Yeah. So, how are people responding to the food, um, not just in person, but in 
uh, in your DMs? Yeah, so everyone, or it seems like everyone has been, the responses have been great. Uh, they really enjoy the late sauce and the jelly combination, and they enjoy the tacos. They're, I've seen a couple people, you know, that have lived in Texas, or they're like, man, these are the closest thing to real tacos that I've had since I lived in Texas, or, you know, we've had a couple people from Cuba come by and they're like, they sat in the parking lot, ate tacos, and then they came back and they ordered more. And that's been a lot of, the people will order the food, mm -hmm. sit out in their car and eat it, and then we the ticket comes back in and they're ordering more food. And I think that's the, to me, that's the most special thing that I've seen so far is they eat the food and then they're like, man, this is really good and they're ordering more. Like mm -hmm. that just puts the biggest smile on my face. So one of the things we talked about just before we started this segment was about food culture. Yeah. So I, I lived in Korea for two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was in Seoul. And there, there's food 24-7. And it's like legit restaurants. Like yeah. there are places that people go to for their hangover meals mm -hmm. that are um, meant for uh, very sober people, i.e. taxi drivers, right? They're taxi yeah. driver restaurants. So what do you think that you are adding to St. Louis's food culture with Uplate that maybe it has it has needed but not necessarily known it's needed? So Nate's talked about that, that a little bit, and I, I don't think that broadly a lot of times, right? I'm just like, this is good, let's do this, it fills a need. But like the the simple need is that it's late night, and I don't know how many places that I've like, I'm not gonna say any names of restaurants, but like, oh, I'm drunk, I eat this food, this food's awesome, and then you have like some kind of nostalgia about it, and you go back and you're sober, and you're like, oh, this is not, this is not, yeah, this is not that good. But I don't know. I, I went to school. I lived in Hong Kong, and um, you know they're they're like it's like a British Chinese fusion right mm -hmm. and so there's like tea time and there's also like fourth dinner you know it's like breakfast lunch dinner late dinner and so there would be restaurants like right outside of where I live they'd like scoop the fish out of a fish tank and like the food's fire and it's like four dollars right like a pile of fish and bok choy or whatever and I was like man we can do that I know if I'm up and I'm like when we first started talking about this like we made a video Tom English, the dude, he produced this video. It was so awesome. As soon as we dropped it, everybody was like, thank God, right? <laughs> like even grocery stores, you think about this. Sometimes it pisses me off a little bit. I'm like, man, there's what in the metro area, what is there, three, three and a half million people or something like that? And like there's no access, yeah. right? Like uh, even to go get the food to make your own. And like I feel like I work a lot. I know people that work in the restaurant industry, right? right? You wake up, you're going to bed late, you're waking up 10, 11, you have just enough time to like maybe pay a bill and then you're off to work and you're getting off at 10, 11 at night. And then what do you have, right? That's been the cool, I just got chills thinking about this. It's been so awesome being there, like handing people the food in the window where I go to their restaurants and they're serving me, mm -hmm. right? And then I'm able to be there for them when they get off. Yeah. And it's felt so special just for that. Like, I don't know, I, I that's that's been special to me. Yeah. So. And for a place that is, in, it's known for food, St. Louis is known for food, mm -hmm. this is certainly filling a, a, a very much needed void mm -hmm. uh, in stomachs as well as sort of in the food culture. <laughs> What's been the best moment so far for you, Nate? The best moment, honestly, probably 
just we have a, a 22 inch kitchen display screen and most restaurants from to we use toast most toast restaurants have a 14 inch kitchen display screen but ours is 22 and both saturdays that we've been open it's been full from 8 p.m to 3 p.m or till we sold out last saturday yeah yeah till it's been full the entire night and so you know that's a good thing like just seeing that it just never stops and so that means you know we're doing something right we have people are interested you know they're excited about this and so having people in the city being excited that they can have something to eat late at night and something different has been really exciting to me and like i spoke on earlier just the people that have been ordering and they've came back and ordered more and we've had we already have regulars and there's people that have came every night that we've been open and have bought food and so it's been really like it like i said earlier it puts a smile on my face and i just really enjoy that can i answer that question too yeah of course because i was thinking it's a little bit different for me so that like um my favorite part of it is just seeing nate smile right i swear to god like i've opened a bunch of different stuff right like i have a furniture company we did the hot dog stand strange donuts world's fair like a t- timber stuff. I've done all this stuff, and a lot of it is just mechanical to me at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this, and then whatever. You get some processes down. It's like very automated to me. And I've forgotten a lot of like uh, the fulfillment of that process, right? And seeing Nate, like when the kitchen stuff got delivered, like, uh, you know, the stove and, and, and all that, the fridges and all that stuff, like seeing him standing there like, it's it's brought some of that back to me like oh this is fun this is fulfilling and this is spiritual you know what i mean like there's something really cool about you know the way you live your life and then the way that people respond to it Mm -hmm. and i get to see that through nate and like it's reminded me a lot of myself and why i started doing this stuff so it's like made all these things new to me so it's it's feeding your spirit as well That's awesome. Mm -hmm. We're speaking with Jason Bachman, who is owner of Strange Donuts, and Nathan Wright, who does front of house managing for Strange Donuts. Together, they own and operate out of World's Fair Donuts from Thursday to Sunday, 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. You can check out what they're doing and uh, what you can enjoy on their menu at UplateSTL on Instagram. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. 
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.